what it is was the gotcha podcast in the cut. The Tell Us This Is a podcast, and I know we haven't done these in a while, and it's for good reason because I've been busy as shit. <laughs> Let me be honest with you, man. I think it's honestly better to just not do something and to do something, yeah, you're just kind of just pretty much BSing, so to speak. I really do. I, I really, I like, if I just sit here, and, you know, I mean, you guys may think I just BS because I basically just sit here and ramble, but I do not. And I don't, I don't just, I don't just ramble. I, I do plan some of these out. I just also can't speak. It's a difference. Uh, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> all right. So on, on the real, you see the title. Um, reason events, I guess, musically have inspired me to like kind of be more concentrated in the nostalgia. I listen to a lot of older music, uh, music that I liked maybe a year ago, two years ago. And it kind of gets me to a point where I'm starting to listen to new music. But when you concentrate that 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 desire, you can really appreciate some old classics. And having Kanye's, um, I guess, re-emergence into the the cultural zeitgeist, so to speak. I mean, he's pretty much been out of it since 2019 or so, I would say. I uh, didn't really do much of note in 2020. Ran for president, but that didn't really. <laughs> I would say what he got for that was a little bit different than the type of vibes I, I want out of Kanye West. Uh, ideally, I think it was funny. It really was. I think I think it was funny to see this guy of many hats kind of reach a point where he achieved everything he wanted in a sense. He ran for president. He was acknowledged as a billionaire. Um. He got, you know, another kid, or a couple kids out the way. Uh, he, his brand has, you know, evolved past just one, one um, manufacturer or one supplier. Cause, I mean, he's, I think he's always viewed these deals as just being extensions of, or like basically being, as he's put it, like patrons, basically, like the way that the enlightened artist uh, of the 1800s, like basically have people sponsor their learning and their speeches and their doctrines and blah blah blah. That's essentially how he's always viewed these deals as a necessary end for him getting his uh, image out. And I don't know if his ultimate end is to create his own brand without having Adidas or without having Gap. Uh, he's he wore Nike socks with the the Easy Runners to the um to the I guess sound check for his thing like the day before the uh, Donda event in Atlanta, which I did not go to because I had to come back to the career. I had to come back to, I actually attend a school that's about an hour and a half from Atlanta. Um, and a lot, of, a couple of my homies went and I unfortunately did not go because of the simple fact that I just had to come back home and help some things out. I don't really regret it because the music from what I understand was not very good. I actually did something to watch a live stream. I was posted up, I had to go with my brother and help him out. And I mean, it, it's like, it the thing about Kanye nowadays is that Kanye is an event. In many ways, Kanye West is an event. He isn't like the God MC or the God artist, I guess, anymore. He's not He's not going to ever be MBDTF Kanye. He's never going to be 2013 Kanye. He's never probably ever going to be, you know, um, like, I'm going to outdo what was the biggest artist of the 2050 cent. For a brief period, I'm gonna outdo him with my album. I'm gonna crush his record sales. 
and I'm going to become the biggest artist in the world. That's not the Kanye West game. We're, we're, we're in a twilight phase of Kanye West. And it's just amazing to see that even in his twilight phase, this dude is doing things like in a pandemic with reduced uh, discretionary income everywhere and simply put people traveling, you know, more than they were, you know, during COVID, like lockdown, but still, I mean, a little bit less. I mean, people are hesitant to do major concerts, like just as a solo artist, people are doing festivals and people are doing concerts, like you know, kind of small tours, but like people are not like doing massive artists. I'm not like doing massive tours, right? I'm not trying to sell out, you know, Wembley's and MSG's and blah, blah. Mercedes-Benz Stadium, he puts out, like, what, 40,000, 60,000 out there? And, like, this is what, pretty much no promo. Like, he literally, it got put on Ticketmaster, like, I think a day before or two days before. I mean, that that's massive, dude. 40,000 just with, like, two days head notice. There's not artists that can do that, dude. Like, there's Drake. Well, as far, let me say hip-hop. There's Drake. There's, you know, Juice World could have done it. I don't think, like, even people who do numbers, like, debate. Like, the thing is, like, Kanye's influence travels outside of, like, music. Like, he still does, like, 37 billion uh, streams uh, or listeners, whichever one, a month. Like, that's you can check his Spotify right now. But to, to really sell out something like that dolo with no other people in the billing really comes down to just cultural impact. And Drake came in before streams really that thing. He had that cultural impact. Um, he kind of had to be close to a legacy at this point to do something like that. Kendrick could. Uh, I don't know if Cole could because of how active Cole is. Like, Cole doesn't really give you suspense. He kind of, like, is so there, usually. Like, he does take his moments where he's not there and he kind of, you know, has a traditional two-year release. Like, but he's not ever, like, really gone from the public eye, in a sense. If that makes sense. I, I don't think... I think he could do, like, 20,000, 25,000. I don't think he could do 45, 50, 60,000. I don't think he could do that much. I think what Kanye did, which I'm pretty sure it was 40,000 plus minimum. I I think Kanye, Drake, and Kendrick, I think it pretty much has to be like legacy acts to a certain degree. It can't be people that came in during streaming. Because I don't think streaming travels to the right demographics, if that makes sense. But this isn't just about like that event, which was cool. From what I understand, the music was not great. At least the first half of the music was not great, but... I mean, I don't think we're doing this for the music anymore. But one thing that has been done for the music is me talking about and rating some of his best of. I'm going to get a little bit of a drinky drink. I'm going to pause and I'm going to give my top 10 Kanye songs. This is the premise aside in about 10 minutes. Uh, the ramifications here is I'm not using collaborative albums. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Let me double check. This is one song I would have made it there if I did. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I'm not doing collaborative uh, efforts. So that's no Watch the Throne, no Good Friday, which was a Kanye album, but, you know, in effect, kind of collaborative. Um, I'm not using Child Rebel Soldier, even though I kind of wanted to. Uh, not using unreleased music, except... Well, this really isn't... I don't think it's considered unreleased, because this kind of was a promo for... This, this was part of another song that was released... And this song, I don't think it was ever intending on being released. Like, it was only meant to be used for this music video. So, in effect, it was released in the format it was supposed to be released. But I'm not using, like, the mixtape that looks like 2003 or 2002. Uh, I'm not using, like, you know, just 
compilations of, like, leaks and stuff like that. Like, I'm not using, like, Yandy. <laughs> but I'm, I am trying to keep it to studio stuff. So after the break, I'll kind of go into... It really just, like, t- touch on why I picked some of these songs. This girl I follow on Twitter made a joke about... Um, this probably isn't even the right tone and to lead this in with, but I don't, I, I have to, I had to suffer this, you guys have to suffer this. No, I actually, I'm not going to do it. It's, it's too dark. Um, <laughs> okay, so it's, let me, let me just say it's in an overarching sense. Sometimes you, you follow people on Twitter for one thing and you really like think like, this is a good reason for them. Like maybe they're cute, maybe they're quirky, maybe they're funny, maybe they just have good memes. But then you realize after following somebody for so long that they have other aspects of their personality as all humans do. And sometimes when you say other aspects, you're like, this is pretty fucking bad. This is the, the qualms we have to deal with it. Like, pad friends in real life, but people like me that only have friends on Twitter. Um, but to make, you have to have these revelations uh, at fucking 11 a.m. in the morning and think to myself, like, wow, this woman's a fucking demon. Um... But that's kind of why I wanted to fall anyway. <laughs> yeah, let me talk up a little bit. Because I'm pretty sure y'all niggas can't even hear me. Should I, throw the, I should have throw the headphones in so you can hear me do the AirPods. I'm holding this shit with my hand. Like a fucking monkey. So, top 10 favorite Kanye songs. Kanye West. Are you going to notice off rip? A lot of the stuff that I'm picking for Kanye is more explorative and subject. Uh, a, a lot of them are more abstracts. A lot of them are more of his artsy contributions. Like, it's, like, kind of up the middle, like, pretty defined stuff from kind of, like, Jesus Walks or... I don't know, like... Like, freestyle for... Or just, just things that kind of have, like, a defined nature that are just, this is what it is, this is based, this is... Kanye, this is just and and you know just like Jesus walks from is just a song about a guy that had his tribulations through life and he always like kept his faith and it was always tough but he always kept his faith you know and in the in those questions you know he still has found answers through his successes micro micro successes at that time but successes all the same. But something like like flashing light, right? Flashing light is an abstract. That's my number one. Flashing light. I I don't think flashing lights like even has a defined like narrative across the song. It speaks about a couple of different, I guess, instances of his life. And then you have this video, which is kind of like like as I remember, it's like a fucking car in the middle of like the damn like just just like the middle of California, it's like some mountain. And then it's just kind of like, it just gets like drove around. And like somebody in the trunk, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly. And it's just this guy, this guy Kanye, like it's pretty much his most, I feel like, interested in the arts. Like trying to display some of what he sees in like literal arts, like like painters and shit like that. And the cover art this was designed by Murakami. The single cover art and the album cover art. The, the video, uh, I think it was Hype Williams, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Yeah, so it's like a car in like the, the middle of 
the uh, this this barren landscape, kind of like a desert. And then I believe the car sets on fire. Yeah, she sets a fire. She's like she band this model abandons the car. She sets a fire. She's kind of walking. There's somebody I believe it's Kanye West uh, trapped inside the car. Uh, she takes out a shovel. Uh, she sticks the shovel into Kanye West, and that is it. Like that, it's it's almost like no, no real. Like I mean, you could say that obviously the, the theme there is that this model has abducted Kanye and it's like preparing to burying him to where his body won't be seen. Okay, obviously, but like that doesn't have anything to do whatsoever with the, the song, and then the song is like. You know she don't believe in choosing car and 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 what what is it she doesn't believe in choosing cars but she believes in shooting no she doesn't believe in shooting stars but she believes in choosing cars. Um, it's like you have this piece where you're talking about like this kind of vain female, and then you know you take it to like this hook which is like flashing lies lies lies. This is like it's kind of like a stardom, you know, super ego. Absorbed by the like, I guess Hollywood. You want to say flashing lights, and it's like let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Let me see. I, I'm trying to remember the second verse. Can we turn it up a little bit? Question mark. I guess you could say there's an underlying, if you want to tie it in between the video and the song, one underlying piece would be the idea of a, a faulty relationship in Kanye's sense, kind of one of which a girl that he liked kind of. He's had these warning signs that she's just not a very good person, I guess. And he kind of just ignored them all the way through. And the video sense is basically he gets, like, killed by this girl that appears to love him. She gives him kisses and stuff like that. It, I don't know. I, I just think it's such an abstract thing. Like, I just think that it is, it's there. Like, it's, it's in a massive pop song with, like, a massive, like, acceptability but then it's like a theme that's so it's expressed in such like a like it's not a love song and it's not a (laughs) it's just not a traditional like this is how I'm talking about a female type of track especially for the time period it came out um I don't I don't know you know I I don't I don't know I, I think it's a really different song than any song that's been made i don't think any song i've heard resembles it like it really it really is difficult in my opinion to find a song that is like flashing lights and i you know i don't think connie makes songs that are to be usually like other songs he's made he tries to deviate from that idea unless it's like explicitly in your face like this is supposed to be a sequel to this song or it's supposed to be influenced by this song but usually it doesn't do that and you know this one isn't any different um that's my number one 
we're gonna move on from there. I talked seven minutes basically about flashing lights. Spaceship is, I will say, actually one of the more grounded joints. Like I, I said, all that shit to say that like my number two song, which these aren't ranked, but my number two song, Spaceship, could be my top three kind of songs because it just it. I I started fucking with this song because I I wanted really to get into college dropout and late registration, which was like you know. Songs I was like the songs on the album I was around as being you know two thousands kid I was born ninety nine but being a two thousands kid you, you can't not have heard like the all falls down like intro or you know Jesus walks the the hook or you know even something like touch the sky like the instrumental to that massive like stadium uh, kind of like sports hype up type type beat um, it, it's just massive like those massive songs on those two albums. But I started, what got me into Kanye was 808s. Like, the video to, um, to, to, I think it's Heartless. The, the animated one was on the bus. I think it's Heartless. Yeah, so, it was like Heartless on, like, I think, like, VH1 or, or MTV, one or two. And then Love Locked Down after that, which was incredible to me. I never even listened to Robocop and Street until, like, I listened to the album. Probably almost a decade but not probably like about seven years or so after I listened to the first those two scenes. Those scenes was massive, but like RoboCop, Streetlights, um, Say You Will, all incredible songs. Like they won't ever have the same memories to me that those two do. And Love Lockdown, I wanted to refrain from putting both on here, so I put Love Lockdown, even though I think the Heartless music video is like the pretty much the the most fundamental piece of my love for Kanye as an artist so I probably should not be more heartless but Love Lockdown I think it's a better song I'm not loving you the drums when he calls into that so it's gonna be a love lockdown your love lockdown I really do love that part so one is flashing lights two is street not street lights two is love lockdown even though it's supposed to be three. And then two would be Spaceship, I guess. Uh, Spaceship, man, when you are working a dead-end like type situation, like a dead-end job, um, you know, graveyard shift, which is a job you don't really like, and you're just doing it just to do it, dude, Spaceship hits so hard, bro. Like, it, it's legitimately probably the most substantive song that he's made for my life. Now, obviously, you know, you guys just blame games. Um... You know, gorgeous. It kind of gets into a lot of his like hip, um, Hollywood type nuances. Um, I mean, Roses is a massively deep song. I thought about putting that in my top ten for quite a while. Uh, I mean, he has some pretty deep tracks, but like to me, Spaceship is like if you want to describe the working class that I think really bubbles up often and we talk about Kanye track or not Kanye tracks but college drive-out tracks I think Spaceship is the biggest example it's the most I think well-executed version of him speaking to the hearts of the people that he was basically a part of just probably six or seven years before he released that song if not sooner than that Spaceship is just a fantastic and then the features on there are, I mean you could you could contend that Kanye is the weakest verse on here and like this is probably one of his better verses ever like GLC I mean you look at kind of what he it's I think this is a GLC in consequence here um 
GLC, I mean, his voice, how how deep and kind of barren it is, fantastic uh, for kind of conveying the uh, struggle. Uh, consequence, you look up his story, you know, kind of have the Bus Rhymes co-sign. I think, I think, I think he was in the Bus Rhymes video. I think his cousin was like Q-Tip or something like that. Right, let me let me look this up real quick. Consequence. Actually, I can, I'm still on here right now. Uh, spaceship. Yeah, GLC Consequence. Supposed to be the final single. It had single, in my opinion, it had single, uh, attack, attract, attractability. Attractability? Attractability. We'll just make it a word now. Uh, they released a music video in 2009. Holy shit, five years later. Um, I've been working this way. Hey, that's a really, like, really fantastic hook. Um, let me see. I'm really trying to find... Kanye actually posted a video on his website in celebration of the announcement of his clothing brand Yeezy's 10-year celebration with The Gap. The story he said in there was actually his like, time at The Gap, which is why his, his he does really have a really, really legitimately great, like, verse. Like, I'm not just saying it to say, like, he has a great verse. I just think they had a kind of a better verse. Maybe you could, maybe you could say he had a better one than, than a GLC, but Consequences verse. I'm trying to find who he's related to. Uh, spaceship verse. I remember having to take a dollar cab coming home real late at night, standing on my feet all damn day trying to make this thing right, having one of my coworkers say, Yo, you look just like this cat's here in the old bus run video the other night. Well, easy come, easy go, how that saying goes. No more broad service cars and them TV shows. That all I got snatched from me, A&Rs and their faculties, all turned their back on me and they went ahead rap from me. So naturally, actually had to face things factually, had to be a catastrophe, empty for the staring back at me. Cause nothing, there's nothing's fair. I don't want to ever go back there, so I won't be taking no days off till my spaceship, till my spaceship takes off. That, yo, I mean, like, you, like, the, it reminds me of this little B-verse. Yeah, his cousin was a Q-tip. It reminds me of this little B-verse. Um, or he talks about Joe Button. And he, he says, how you, how you go mainstream to run back underground? And, like, the idea of that, like, if you really sit there and think about that, you were in a linked to a massive band Q-Tip of I Tribe Called Quest one of the, one of the preeminent bands uh, in hip hop you know not just a group but a band um, a multi a multi-diverse multi-culturally producing energy in a Tribe Called Quest Midnight Marauder still one of the best albums of all time um, and I you can go from that to like having to grind, you know, having to actually depend. Like, I mean, you know, people say like, why do people do ghostwriting? It's like consequence went from being, you know, linked to at least a pretty big dude to being, you know, surviving off of probably minimum wage 
to be linked to Kanye West, the biggest artist, you know, the big, at least the biggest new artist of the year in 2004 when this album dropped. It's like, yeah, you're going to ghostwrite. I don't know. Who gives you? I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, maybe you'll actually explicitly write and get a, a, a couple of credits. I think people of that time kind of knew consequences of doing stuff for Kanye. Um, as the features, like, whittled down, but the his kind of imprint on the verses was still there in a sense. But, like, why wouldn't you? I mean, like, there's no... I feel like there's... I feel like people don't really, like, too much one way or the other care about Ghostwriter unless you are, like, a respected artist that, like, you know, I expect to do that. Like, when when it's kind of, like, revealed to, like, like, well, when it was hypothesized Lupe Ghostwriter for Jay, people were upset, you know, sense about that because, like, why would Lupe be willing to do that for Jay? But it's like, Jay is his idol in hip-hop, so it's like, why wouldn't he? But unless you're, like, really on your own a respected lyricist on, like, a kind of a really relevant tip it's like people don't really care if he goes right and I mean I'm just saying if there was somebody like that like this dude was probably eating off of that ghost writing Jay I think um Joey Badass uh he got like a Grammy for like ghostwriting for Post Malone on uh one of his major tracks I think it was the one with the baby um he got paid off that too like he got good money off of that royalties and stuff like that like ghostwriting I don't know if he's. I don't. I'm pretty sure it's good for him. He wasn't crazy because he came out and said he did it. That that stuff is fantastic, dude. I mean, obviously you can write your own hits. You know that's gonna make you more money in the long term. But like, there's nothing wrong with ghostwriting. So uh, where are we on this? 17 minutes on just three songs. Uh, all right. So let me take a break because I need to reset my mouth for a second. Um, my huevos, uh, kind of went out the window and trying to do the rest of this. I don't know what the, f- I, I go up and I go down. That's just the only way I can express my mood on, on most things in life. So we're just going to read out the rest of the list. Uh, number one is Flashing Lights, which we did cover. Spaceship, which we did cover. Um, Lost in the World slash Who Will Make It in America, uh, from MDT off the Closer. Fantastic samples. Uh, go listen to that Gil Scott Heron project, one of the most illuminating that I think you'll ever see or hear. Um, All of the lights, Love Lockdown, Street Lights, Gone, also from uh, late registration. I believe the last track that's not long-winded as hell, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I believe it was Gone, uh, We Major... And Diamonds from Sierra Leone, the normal version. Off the top of my head, I think that's the final three tracks. So I could be incorrect in that order. Um, I know it ends on the Diamonds from Sierra Leone, but, you know. I feel like that, which was, in essence, a So Help Me God era track, I believe. Uh, I believe it was produced in the same era of time as 45 Seconds, Only One, and facts the original one so all the build up to what eventually became the life of pablo that era of time i believe also i feel like that was made then it was also debuted all day all day so i believe it was in essence for so help me god uh one of actually the few tracks that i think perfectly works on life of pablo although when i put it in my album it was in the back half which contains other 
So Help Me God tracks such as Fade and St. Pablo. So it kind of works very well with those, but in a context of something like, I don't know, like Freestyle 4 or Father Stretch My Hands Part 2 or like, you know, Waves, maybe, maybe a little bit different tonally, but very interesting time for Kanye West. And if I had, I guess, the, the compilation information that I had, you know, what would it be now, like five or six years ago, I would probably do an entire pod episode on what could have been between that period of time. I, I think that it is. there was truly, people say Yeezus was the beginning of him kind of losing his ability to sequence tracks very well and knowing like how to cut things, how to add things, et cetera, et cetera. Basically losing his feel on the album track listing. Um, and Rick Rubin apparently is a, a huge part of that album kind of reaching his shorter and more concise value that it uh, has had since 2013. And Life of Pablo, I don't know if Rick I believe Rick Rubin did a little bit on that, but I believe that was really like Kanye being Kanye on there. And I think he's such a, like, I don't know if, like, it would be incorrect for me to say that I think he's somebody that believes that all of his songs are good. I think he believes that there's some tracks at one point that needs to be cut off and there's others that need to be added on another. So it's maybe the kind of, not necessarily perfectionist attitude, but the maybe the bipolar aspect of his life that always disallows him from being able to look at some tracks and say this doesn't fit where my album is at thematically now and that's why we got three different versions of life of pablo or at least two prior ones and they were all i think kind of tonally different so help me god ended up being or was supposed to be kind of this i think poppier and kind of stadium artist type vibe you like 45 seconds uh, all the Paul McCartney features or Rihanna these very bold vocally pop artists such as Theophilus London I believe who was on uh, all day and uh, Rihanna you know um, working with Post Malone on Fade I think he really wanted to go for like this stadium vibe um, now, as far as subject matter was I mean What's the common theme between some of these tracks I just mentioned? I mean, the aspect of like, kind of like a, a really, I guess, an appreciation of of um, kind of where he came to get to this point, and kind of a deconstruction of that same appreciation, kind of like a, um, a upper and a downer, but like with his personality and like his ego, I guess, in a sense. Like he built himself up in some tracks, like facts and and all day and then he just deconstructs himself and something like I feel that or fade and it's like that parallel kind of I think would have been the like that contrast would have been the focus point of so help me God and I think that swish became more of like this like kind of rap album with you know major not bangers but like you know, singles, I guess, in effect. I believe Waze was formed or at least was pushed out in that period of time. Um, I think St. Pablo's occurred over into that era. Uh, Wolves, I know, was. I'm trying to think of that track list. This is like the first time I used a white track, uh, not track board, but um, a marker board 
to kind of track his joints. Um, Father, Father Church, my hands was on there. I think both were on there. Highlights and lowlights were. So I, I don't. I think it kind of shifted into like the secular aspect starting to come into play, which those may also be on so help me God. I can't think of the top of my head. But Switch was, I think, supposed to be closer to the the bold Kanye of that time, the all day and the you know I'm I made you know post Jesus, post minimalism, maximalism, deconstructivist, R and B, eight oh eight. You know, like post all those typical like industry defining emotions that he tries to craft an album with. I think he just wanted to be that motherfucker with Swish and. I think he shot forward and then that didn't work out. So Life of Pablo is kind of like this, you know, what is, what is Kanye? You know, who, who am I? You know, am I Pablo Picasso? Am I, you know, Pablo Escobar? Am I, you know, this and that, you know? I, I, I think that he just kind of lost it in a sense. And that haziness kind of, they had to work with that. They had to, I mean, like Kanye has made them work with the idea of not being collected in a multitude of projects now. Like, that's... That's difficult, man. To work with a guy who has bipolar disorder and essentially, like, his... 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 his <laughs> I really don't want to say. His desire is to craft a bunch of... atmospheres into one consistent universe. And sometimes it delivers. I mean, like, you take Ye, like, those are... Those are very focused um, songs. They were able to pull out that subject matter of that depression and, you know, kind of age. Um, and they made a coherent project with that. They made a coherent project with, you know, uh, so, uh, Kids uh, See Ghosts. And it's like, I don't know if it's the mess he's on or what, but like, you can make, you can make the, the quote unquote crazy. I know it's dismissive. And I know people don't like to hear that word, but. I guess the quickest way to, to describe that era of Kanye's life, you can make that crazy Kanye to something coherent. I mean, but when he kind of got away from, I guess, the pills or the, the family that kind of submitted him through, through 2016 and through the depression and all that, I, and you kind of got, you know, a little bit less focused, then you get like, you know, Yanni gets pushed back and it gets completely destroyed in essence. And then it gets reformed again now after, you know, kind of completely separating from Kim. And, you know, the, the, the Jesus theme, I think, is the reason why, like, I think the Jesus theme has to be, it's kind of like, you know, his mother being a, you know, Christian. Um, I think the Jesus theme is what's unifying this guy's brain, you know, like, success also, of course. Um, I'm sure there's some songs on there that pretend I actually like didn't listen to most of the, the stream and if I understand he didn't rap for the most part on that stream the Atlanta one but I think that what's keeping the persona of Kanye West alive now is even though it's now obviously a markedly different persona than 2010 2013 blah 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 2007 even um is you know you know gospel um religion and due to that, you know, we're going to get more stuff. You know, we're going to get, like, if we're going to get Yanni stuff on Donda, which we are, it's going to be more of the Christian stuff and less of the, you know, everybody wants the pre-TMZ stuff. I think that was the market change. People thought, okay, well, you know, this is the return to form of, like, Jesus Kanye. Like, 
maximalist, I want to just be that mother effer Kanye. And I don't think we'll get that Kanye for a while. I don't I don't know if we'll ever get him again, honestly. Because, I mean, he's just at a point where he should be moved on as a person from that guy, you know. That's just me. Um, Blood on the Leaves and No More Parties in L.A. Uh, both longer tracks, both tracks that I would think are the... The, the, the tone shifters of their respective projects. I mean, you can say that Black Skinhead, On Sight, New Slaves, you know, these kind of, you know, fuck the caste system, classism is the biggest thing we have to deal with. Shift everything away from racism, shift everything from black versus white. Um, it's us versus the super rich. You know, the means of production are, are not given to us. Kanye somehow being closer to us, the common person, the millionaires. Um, and you have Bona Lee's, which shifts back to the idea for a brief second of, of race relations with that sample. I believe it is Nina Simone. Um, and you have this guy that kind of preaches about, you know, these, these ideas of being a, a, a a transforming figure to the world and, you know, something like I am God or, or hold my liquor, you know, and being this, this rash figure that really wants to break the, break the walls down, so to speak, between us and the super rich. And then you go to Plano Lee's, which is like, after that sample kicks off, it's like, this guy now is, you know, kind of gatekeeping the rich from us. Like, you know, Stop trying to be like Jay-Z or stop trying to be like uh, Beyonce, you know. They sit courtside. You sit and, you know, you decide, motherfucker. So, I mean, it's like... I, <laughs> it's such a... You know, production-wise, I mean... It's so brash with the, the tight T-N-G-H-T, the tight sample on the hooks. Um, the, the hooks, the, the, the brass, the brass section of the production. Um... It just, it's the longest song also, obviously. It it fits within that context of that album, but it's like, what is this in relation to everything else I heard? You know, what where does this stand uniquely? There's a lot of very, you know, low tempo joints as well. Like you have something like, um, Send It Up, you know, very, not, not low tempo, very dark, uh, very sparse song. You go to something like Blowing the Leaves, which is, very, you know, as as smooth as that that sample is vocally, it's like very, very, you know, against your eardrum. Like it's not quiet. It's very against your eardrum. Um, and every song there, I mean, really, I don't, I don't like maximalism is the, the big thing that's that's described. That album is described as it's, you know, very harsh, almost noise uh, music at times with the the samples and the the, the bass. Uh, you know, being led by the drums. You know, in the certain parts of that song. Uh, or that that project, and then these you know almost kind of like punk or industrial inspirations on like the first I really that first four songs on that project, um, and specifically you know namely on site Black Skinhead and um, New Slaves you know you could tell that those were kind of put together, you could tell that Blown Elise probably around the same time, but like was specifically thought of like this is different knows subject matter wise certainly and then you know you get bound too which is like this was this even made of the same project and I, who knows 
um, it's a lot of, lot of, lot of, you know, what should I say? History that goes into those songs that I don't remember off the top of my head, but that's it for me. Um, it's kind of fun thinking about some of these songs and kind of what made them work for me at one point in time. Like something like Spaceship was getting onto this list because of the members I had in 2015 or 16. And then something like, you know, Streetlights came on this list because of some dry nights and emotionally sparse moments I've had in 2019 and 2020. Um, I feel like that high school memory, no more parties in LA, high school memory, blood on the leaves, you know, these church trips to uh, this this choir of, you know, this choir congregation of multiple churches in my area, you know, I'm Jesus drops on the same day, you know, June 18th, that uh, we also get a couple other albums. And we'll listen to this project, you know, on this ride, you know, the, this, this, it's almost divine feeling that I get from this song. It's coupled with like these, you know, coming of age moments that I have on that. Like I'm in church and I'm thinking these very, I guess, uh, I'm not necessarily church, but I'm in these, you know, moments with very uh, holy things spreading around and very, divine concepts that's supposed to be spitting and you know we're supposed to be doing this for the good of and I'm having these very uh let's say risque moments uh and then you just couple that that divisiveness and that that um that that harsh dissonance with what I'm doing and what I'm supposed to be doing with this guy who's rapping over one of the you know smoothest and, and nicest voices in the history of soul in R&B and um, he's talking about just the most materialistic and physically successful black entertainers and just a couple of those things together I mean I I don't know I mean it's just such a it's such a harsh album and it's such a harsh song that song is the peak to me of that album if you want to know how you feel after leaving Jesus just listen to Blowing the Leaves enough time. That's it for me, dude. Peace.